Welcome back to the Revelation On Demand podcast, podcast dedicated to bringing you Revelation from the Bible. I'm your host, Justin D. Myers, and I hope you're doing very well today. I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, first thing in the morning, back to recording in the morning, like I said last time. We're a little bit behind schedule, so if this is a little bit late, I ask for your grace and your understanding. Uh, these things, this, these things kind of get away from me sometimes, so... Uh, but luckily today, it's a really short chapter, only six verses. Um, as far as updates go, can't think of anything, really. Uh, always welcome feedback. If you guys have any, you know where to contact me. I always give the email out at the end of the episode. Or it is in the show uh, description in whatever podcast platform you're listening to. I have no idea if we're actually on Apple or not. Like... I think we are. I'm pretty sure we are. It was really, I got some confirmation a couple months ago, but I really haven't seen any statistics from Apple. So I don't know if they're just not sharing back to my host or if it's uh, not actually up there. So if you know, let me know. Anyways, last episode, we went over Isaiah 11, which was the promised branch of Jesse. It was talking a lot about the Messiah and the Messiah yet to come. This is where we talked a lot about you know, comparing how they seen the Messiah to come and how we see it now that we have the whole story and Jesus has come. And then, of course, the deliverance of God's people through rough times, which actually ties in nicely to today's chapter. So since this is a much shorter chapter, we're going to break it up verse by verse like we do whenever we get a chance to, because that lets us really dig into the material more. Uh, it's a really short psalm, as like I said, it was only six verses. But it's an important song of praise and thanksgiving, and it actually ties in another, uh, another poetry, where it also is a song of Zion, which we will get to at the very end of this. Uh, and this shows the shift in behavior of Israel or towards God. So you know the previous chapters was a lot of uh, Israel's doing this terrible thing and God's going to punish him for it. And now we are coming to a place where either the punishment has already been met out. So Israel is shifting their, their, their stance towards God. They're becoming more, uh, they're becoming more in line with God's way at this point. Now, either this is like Isaiah future casting where he's like this, he's writing this all before this happened. And this is just the place in the story, in the narrative where Israel is now becoming repentant and coming back towards God because of all the terrible things that God allowed them to suffer through. Or this is being written at the time when Israel was actually coming back towards God. So we see that uh, this is this whole chapter is very similar to a lot of psalms. We will go over the places where they touch other psalms, and then we'll also talk about the the uh, format of the poetry that Isaiah is using here that shows that he was also quite in into the psalms and regularly used them. This whole this whole uh, chunk of scripture today is actually three different types of psalms combined together. So he took elements from psalms that he read regularly, and we'll see where they kind of overlay, and they use a lot of the same language. So we know that he's taking directly from the psalms when he's writing this. So without further ado, let us ado further, and we'll dive right into the first verse of chapter 12 in Isaiah. 
In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away, and you have comforted me. So this first chunk reflects elements of praise hymns found in Psalms. And this first person address is typical of this saying, I I do this, I do that sort of thing. So this is a typical kind of uh, style for Psalms. And this is very similar to Psalm 118. Verse 1, which says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. He, his love endures forever, which is very much setting up that this is a, a thanks psalm. So the psalm is a story. This 118 is actually a, a story of deliverance where God has delivered his people, or the psalmist, and his people. And now the psalmist is praising God for what he's done. And then God, once God's punishment has was complete, his anger has subsided. We see that you know your anger is turned away. Uh, this means that the punishment has been carried out, the consequences have been doled out. So now God can resume His place in in this perfect balance between justice and and grace. So we see that now that he was bringing the salvation to those who have survived, those who have repented, those who are seeking comfort in the Lord. And this, this theme of salvation and this comfort that it brings will come back up in Isaiah 40. So that's a, quite a ways away for us, but it's just something to keep in the back of your mind as we move towards that chapter. And then continuing on, verse 2 says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Now, the English right there translates it, the Lord, the Lord himself. Uh, in other translations and in the Hebrew, it is saying Yah, Yahweh. So it's literally, Yah is the abbreviation for Yahweh. So it's it's saying the same thing only it's using the abbreviation and then his full title. Uh, in this, it says the Lord, the Lord himself. It's kind of interesting to see how English has decided to translate that differently. So with this verse, we are going back to Psalm 118 again, which we're just going to the verses 8 and 9, and it says, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And this verse here is talking about trust in the Lord and not be afraid. Um, another parallel to Isaiah 12 is in Exodus 15, which is another uh, another uh, similarity that we will see come up several times. And this focus on salvation brought by Yahweh. Uh, the Panaic the, excuse me. The poetic connections between Isaiah and Exodus suggest a connection between the deliverance promised in Isaiah and the one already accomplished in Exodus. So, as we remember, Exodus is where Israel was brought out of Egypt in this salvation that was promised by the Lord, where He literally walks them through a sea to get them out of Egypt and stop them from being pursued. And we will return to the same Exodus motif in uh, Isaiah forty and. Through 55. So there's a whole section there as we get closer to the end of the time that we are studying this, where we will be studying very closely the Exodus account. And in that, we will see where the exiles return from Babylon, or from Babylon return to the promised land. Also, this is similar to Psalm 118.14. that says, The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Once again, talking about how the Lord is his strength. 
is his defense and has become his salvation. Uh, literally the same words are used here. Uh, again, showing the connections between what Isaiah is doing and the Psalms that he is pulling from. So obviously, uh, Isaiah is very much someone who regularly reads the Psalms. Continuing on in verse 3, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. This is similar to Psalm 118.21, where it says, I will give you thanks for you answered me and you become my salvation. Once again, we see where it's talking about how the Lord has become his salvation. This is where it's turning from mainly being a thanksgiving, like the first two verses. We're talking about praising, thanking. Uh, it says praising, but uh, this is really talking about thanking God. Now we're turning into praise, where God is the salvation, and this is He is worthy of praise. And sometimes it's nice to be reminded that we should be joyful in our salvation, even when it doesn't seem like things are going our way. Uh, this is very much something that's hard for me to remember, because uh, just the slightest inconveniences in my life can really, really set me off and make me think that, you know, what have I done to cause this sort of thing? I get very, very, um, uh, what's the word? I can't think of it. Anyways, very self-critical. That's what I was thinking. That, you know, I feel like I don't deserve the good things and I'm very deserving of the bad things. And I really wonder what I'm doing to do that. Uh, of course, anyone can struggle with this, the same self-critical expression. And just no matter what happens, we have salvation, at least. As long as we trust in the Lord, we are we have our salvation that we can rest on. Continuing on in verse 4. In, the day, in that day, you will say, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. So with this, it really shifts. We really see more of a praise instead of thanksgiving, where it's talking about how it just we just need to praise God for the things he's done, and that his name should deserves to be exalted. Uh, this is very similar to Psalm 105, where it says, 1, give praise. Psalm 105, verse 1 says, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. And this is very much in the same, quite literally the same language, once again, showing the connections directly. This is uh, Isaiah's psalm, basically. Uh, now, Isaiah has a form of exalted language that's rarely found in the Bible outside of the Psalms. So the Psalms usually use this this higher exalted language where it's talking about how God, God oh, excuse me, God or Yahweh needs to be exalted and how he is rightly to be praised and he is here for his followers no matter what. And we see that this is very much the same language. Of course, as we've been reading through Isaiah, we see that Isaiah uses a lot of exaltation language, a lot of uh, high high uh, righteousness language whenever he's talking about God. So his his perspective on God is one of those that is very, very humble to the fact that God is this being greatly, greatly to be exalted and there is nothing above him and he is the greatest power in the universe sort of thing. So he's very much of the mindset that this being needs to be properly properly praised, exalted, and whatnot. So he's very pious in that, in that he he sees he sees the truth of the underlying reality for what it is. And this of course this could be because of his very vivid experience at the very beginning when it was like 
chapter five, where he had that experience in the throne room of God. He's seen, seen God face to face, basically. And this could very much be why he's so humble in his language and why he exalts and praises God constantly in his, his scripture. Uh, the praise hymns begin with a call to praise and then tend to lay out reasons for the praise. As we can see, you know, give Lord praise, proclaim his name, may known the nations, proclaim his name exalted. And, and then normally in other praise psalms, it would go through, list through the reasons why. You know, uh, Isaiah is skipping that for the most part. He's just going to sum it up very nicely in the next verse what exactly needs to be praised, but it's kind of a, a overall catch just to all these things sort of thing, not like specific listed out. As Psalm 105, it recounts the acts of Yahweh to bring Abraham and Israel into the possession of Canaan. So this was very much about how Yahweh fulfilled his promise to bring Abraham and Israel into this land, into this promised land, and to have it as their own, and then, of course, to multiply them beyond the numbers of the stars and the sand of the sea. Continuing on at verse 5, singing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things, let it be known to all the world. So right off the bat, we see that he is saying we need to praise and sing to the Lord. This is very common in Psalms where they sing or they, they kind of gush out their emotions before the Lord, especially when they're emotions of thanks for giving him praise. And Psalm 105 says, in verse 2, says, Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell all of his wonderful acts. This is very much in the same idea right there, was sing to the Lord. Uh, he's once again borrowing language directly from the Psalms. And of course, just all of his wonderful acts, all of his glorious things. He's using his own words there, but very similar in meaning. And of course, this, this one also ties into Exodus 15, 1. It says, I will sing to the Lord for he's highly exalted. Both horse and driver has been hurled into the sea. So this was a song at the end of Exodus, or near the end of Exodus. Okay, next, near the end of the Exodus account where God is bringing Israel out of out of Egypt, and this is the right after the pursuit of Pharaoh into the Red Sea and all his men being hurled into the sea as Israel passed safely through. Yes, and the writer of Exodus, this this chapter is a song of praise, is a is very much a worshiping of God for what he has just done. So again, we see that this is the same theme that Isaiah is trying to invoke here, singing to the Lord. So worship can be a great way to give thanks and praise to the Lord. As we see even today, uh, there is a lot of good godly music out there and a lot of genres actually that you can use to praise the Lord with. And then even if it makes you feel self-conscious, know that worship, especially in a public setting or a group setting is a great way to express that praise in in gratitude towards the Lord. And it's it's something that we have been doing since the very beginning of the relationship with God and man. There's a powerful spirit of music and like many things that can be used for good or evil. So make sure that the music you're listening to is neutral as in it doesn't yeah, have any sort of language or themes or suggestions that is, you know, negative to our faith 
or at least, or, or make it good stuff like worship music and stuff like that. And like I said, there's a ton of genres these days. You can find all sorts of different uh, praise music. And rounding out in verse 6, it says, Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. And it wouldn't be Isaiah without mentioning Zion and the Holy Mountain. As we've seen repeatedly throughout Isaiah, he mentions Zion. So we spoke of what this means. And this is talking about the people now are considered part of God's people. And it shifts from the previous chapters where God's people were were, you know, very against God, and now we are seeing he's shifting to a place where he is ready to bless the people who have repented and come back to him. So we see they were once again being people of Zion. And God is in the midst of his people now and bring joy and salvation to the city. This is very much the whole Zion idea, where Zion is the the mountain or the the resting place of God in the holy city. Around Zion is the dwelling place of the people who are who have you know turned to god and praised him and you know repented of the things they have done so this is similar to psalm 46 which we are shifting into a different genre of psalm with this which is known as the song of zion and psalm 46 4 through 5 says there's a river whose stream make glad the city of god the holy place where the most high dwells God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Now, the subcategory of praise him, as I said, is called Song of Zion. It's directed at celebrating God's choice of Zion and Jerusalem as his dwelling. So very much this is the kind of Psalms that talks about how God will dwell with his people or is dwelling with his people in some way or another around the Mount of Zion. And this is very much, as we've talked before, pointing towards the future state where God will once again reign in person, basically in the, the city of New Jerusalem, as we've discussed in the Revelation chapters. And we talked about the things that, what glory, what glorious things that could look like. You can always go back to those Revelation chapters to uh, re-experience what we think uh, that will look like. And of course, this is something that we like to keep in mind whenever we read these songs of Zion. And then this short chapter, this short psalm-like chapter, I should say, in Isaiah, skillfully weaves together three genres of psalm. As we talked about the Thanksgiving at the very beginning, where he's giving thanks to God for what he's done. The praise, which is kind of the middle chunk, which he was praising God for the things he has done and the things he's yet to do and the things he had done previously. And then we see the Song of Zion, which at the very end here is reminding us that this is the people of Zion, and they are to they are to stay true to the Lord, and the Lord will stay true to them. Uh, it's safe to say that Isaiah found a lot of comfort in the Psalms, uh, as I pointed out several times. He's using a lot of direct words, like literally lifting phrases from the Psalms directly and using them in the psalm in the psalm-like chapter. And we too can find a lot of comfort in the Psalms today. The Psalms bring a lot of real emotion and start from places that we can still find ourselves in today too. They, they start in places where it's like, I'm so distressed. I'm so worried. I'm so down. I am so like this horrible thing happened to me. And, and now I don't know if I can go on or this, this like this horrible thing happened to someone else. Like God, how can you let that happen? Sort of like it starts in these very 
a lot of them, I should say, start in these very dark places where it's easy for us today to still see that emotion, to feel that emotion, and to find that in our lives today where things don't always look great. And even though we should be so grateful for the kind of lives we live, especially if you are listening to this podcast, like you have access to more technology today than... And it's just such a blessing that it's hard to, it's all right in front of us. So hard to keep in mind that this, like none of this has to exist on none of this, the stuff that makes our lives so comfortable has to exist. It's, it's something hard to keep in your mind that you should be thankful for And studying the Psalms is a great way to see these emotional connections where these people who wrote the Psalms were in these dark, terrible places. And you got to remember their lives were short and hellish compared to what we do today. And they still like, they're going through rougher stuff than we do. Right. Not all the time, but for the most part. And they still at the end of every Psalm come back to the Lord is good. The Lord is our salvation. The Lord will deliver us. Every Psalm starts in a dark, most Psalms start in a dark place and all the Psalms end with, and God is good to be praised and he will deliver us. He is our comfort and salvation. And it's this knowledge that is good to know that he will bring anyone who turns their lives over to him through any storm. It may not be fun, but it'll pass. And it's something that I've, I've really had to take to heart, just reminding myself to, to take the good with the bad and to remember that this too will pass. So with that happy note, the takeaway for today, whenever life gets rough, we are invited to praise God. Even if we don't feel like it, reminding ourselves of the light of God of the light God gave us will help us weather any storm. With that, I want to end this podcast and thank you all. Please reach out if you have any suggestions, any comments, questions, concerns. I'm always happy to hear from our listeners. I know there's quite a few dedicated listeners out there, and I'm, I'm so grateful for anyone who's still listening. So thank you for listening to the Revelation on Demand podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you find, catch podcasts from. Please, if you like what we're doing, share this with a friend, family member, or someone from our church, your church. This is a completely private venture and receive no funding from any sources. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to contact me at revelationondemand at gmail.com. God bless and see you next time. Mm-hmm.